I just really have had it in my heart. You know, it, this is, we talk a lot about, if you'll notice around here, the basics. How to walk by faith. How to walk in the love of God. Right? How to follow the leading of the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And I want to talk to you about it. I want to come up this mountain in a little different way tonight. You know, um, I started talking to the men. We're in, this, we're in the book of Romans, and, uh, you know, we're in chapter 8, so there's so much. Uh, you know, Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And, and uh, so we're, we're talking about this stuff. But you and I, as children of God, we're created to where we can't go anywhere we don't see. See, notice the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you things to come. He shows you things to come. The Word of God, as you meditate in it, what it'll do is it will literally, light comes and you'll see a picture down on the inside of you. You'll see, you'll see yourself. And, and it's not where you're like watching a movie. That's so natural. But just down in yourself, you'll know, man, I'm healed. You'll know, no, I, I have the victory in this. Even when all hell's breaking loose around you, you know certain things. You're fully persuaded. Well, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of every one of us as, as children of God. And the Holy Spirit is here to lead and guide us into all the truth which is the Word of God. The Word of God is everything. So when you're believing God for things, like, like why did I show you this? I hope, I hope that maybe something will ignite in you and you invite everybody you know, whether they know Christ or whether they don't, to come here. Well, how do you do that? We're not Bible thumpers. We don't, we're Christians. That means we don't push anybody into anything. God never pushes us. So therefore, as we walk with him, we know we never push anybody. But what we do do is we're witnesses. And we try to lead people to Christ. And so how do we do that? We have to rely on the Holy Spirit because he's our guide. If he is the one that illuminates the word of God, and if the word of God is truly a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, that means the Word of God is what will tell you where you are and it will tell you where you need to go. So, But the Holy Spirit is the one who turns on the light of the Word. So we have to be led by the Spirit of God. As you're standing in faith, believing for whatever you're believing for, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. He'll tell you what to say, what not to say. He will lead you into very minor details of your life. And so we want to know how to flow with him. And, and we're going to come from a standpoint tonight to where you have to look into the word of God and see the pattern. And the pattern is Jesus. You have to see, not with your natural eyes, but with your spirit man. You have to see the pattern, the example, the model of Jesus, who he is and who you are in him. Because that's where the Holy Spirit's going to be leading you. And see, as you look at the pattern, as you look at Jesus, you're changed into the pattern. 
This is why if you take an aerial view of the Word of God, in the Old Testament, what did it say? All these things happened to the children of Israel to be our example or our pattern. So we look back and we see the pattern of Jesus in the Old Testament, and we see who we are in him. Well, nothing changes. It just flips over to the New Testament, and it's the same thing. But no longer are we looking... See, the, the children of Israel, the Old Testament, they weren't children of God. They were servants of God. They were not born again yet. So we can see an example and a pattern that points us now, as New Testament believers, we'll learn who Jesus is and who we are in him as God's child. So the Holy Spirit is always going to be leading you this way. And so there's things, selfishness, self-centeredness, all under the umbrella of fear is what keeps you from seeing things. So we want to dispel some of that tonight and get in the Word of God. So open your Bibles. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to jump off here. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. We're going to see a scripture that was written directly to you. Directly to you from the mouth of God. In Romans 8.29, it says this, For whom he did foreknow. So this was written to whoever he foreknew. You need to realize this. He knew every one of you. He foreknew every one of you. He called you before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. Therefore, he established a plan for your life before you were ever born. So it says, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. This word predestinate in the Greek, it literally means he preplanned. So because he knew you, he preplanned something for you. The plan's already in place. The plan is not dependent and doesn't get messed up by your actions. Now you could miss the plan if you choose to go your whole life and refuse to believe God, but the plan will never be removed. The plan will never be, no, you, you'll never disqualify yourself from the plan as long as you can fog a mirror. Now you might disqualify yourself from finishing some of this because of disobedience ultimately, but you don't have to do that. The plan is there, and the Holy Spirit will guide you into the plan. So it says, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate or preplan something for you. What was it? Just this little thing, to be conformed, that means to be fashioned like unto. To be conformed to the image this word image means to be fashioned like unto into the very likeness and into the very representation of his son. God's will for your life is that you present your body a living and holy sacrifice. You throw that body of yours up on the potter's wheel 
and you say, not my will, but your will, and, and flesh, you're not ruling me. I'm not, not going to live out of my flesh. He's my Lord, and my body's his, my spirit's his, my soul's his, everything is his. I know he's good, and now I just get on that potter's wheel, and I let the God of heaven fashion me like unto the very likeness and representation of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? He, you are to look just like him in your life on this earth now. Well, how was he? Fearless. A major giver. Never, never considered his own self. Always lived his whole life for others. He was somebody who was completely free. He was somebody who literally never was moved by the enemy or any outward things. He was only moved inwardly. Now think about this. The Holy Spirit's job. This job is, has such magnitude to change who you and I are into the image of Jesus on this earth. The Holy Spirit's down on the inside of you to do that tonight. And oh, he knows. See, he knows just how to do it. And he would never hurt you. And he'll always lead you and guide you into all the truth. Isn't that good news? To be conformed into the Im or to the image of his son. Why? That he might be the firstborn. See, when God sees you, he sees Jesus. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, when Jesus came out of that grave, this is the way he wants you to walk on the earth. I walk in his faith. I walk in his love. I am led by his spirit. And I love his brethren. This is how we walk. I'm telling you, get ready, because when I talk about a great awakening, I can't, I can't even put into words how that burns in my heart. It's been burning in my heart for over three years, as never before. We are so close, and I'm telling you, the church is going to wake up, and we're going to start deal, stop dealing with things in the natural, and we're going to deal with them in the spirit, and I'm telling you, you are made to dominate in every arena of your life. And the Holy Spirit will lead you into all of it. If you were to sum up being, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does Romans 8.29 say? His ministry in your life is he is to pull out of the inside of you to the outside so that everybody can see it, who you are on the inside. That's what he does. That's what his gifts are designed for. That's what his presence is for. That's what he, how he guides you into all the truth so that you could be fashioned into the image of Jesus. So it's like your life is a transfiguration. I live on the mountain and I'm, what's on the inside of me every day of my life is to show on the outside. So now when I talk, I'm not speaking my own words. I speak his words. He knows everything. Nothing catches me by surprise, and I'm ready for everything, and I'm not moved by anything. Because I know there's nothing that I'll ever face outside here that is bigger than who's on the inside of me. 
Jump over four more chapters to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This scripture is literally the starting point of finding God's plan for your life. Oh, I'm telling you, the church is going to get their eyes off being blessed and get their eyes on knowing God, and they're going to be so blessed they've never walked in so much blessing. Because you don't get the blessing seeking it. You get the blessing as you seek to know the blesser. And you don't, you're not talking him into blessing you. You've already been blessed. Man, I was blessed, what, I, I was born in 1962? I was, I was blessed hundreds of years before I ever showed up. Isn't that good news? Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Many translations will translate this spiritual worship. How do I worship my God? By presenting him a living and holy sacrifice. It's, it's so important. This is the starting place of, no, of finding God's will for your life. And he says then, and be not conformed. This word conformed means fashioned like unto. Don't be conformed into the pattern of the world system. It's all about a pattern. If you look at the world system, if you look at your friends and your buddies on, on how you'll see people that are prospering, that are not serving God, don't look at it because if you, what you look at, you become. Satan knows this. Your control center is your mind. If you sit in the quietness of your life all day and look at by that self-talk that's destroying you, I'm stupid, I'm not this, I can't do this, it will destroy your life because you're looking at it from, from, from a standpoint that's a lie and you're going you're gonna to walk in that pattern. God knows this. Satan knows this. This is why he will throw circumstances all over the place to try to get you fashioned like unto the pattern of the world. God says, don't be conformed to this world. But then he says, but be ye transformed. It's the Greek word metamorpho. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Right? By the renewing, the renovation of your mind. The renovation, that very word tells me that I've got stuff in my mind. Thought processes, plants, trees of, of, of wrong things that I need to renovate. So that the word of God now, I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Well, we learn from James that as we implant the word of God in our heart, the word of God is able to bring healing and wholeness and salvation to our mind. The Bible also says that the, it's the Father's will that every plant that was planted in your subconscious mind, he said, my will is that every plant that was planted that I didn't plant would be rooted out of you. Well, how does that happen? By you making a choice that I'm going to renew my mind with the word of God. 
I'm going to put it first place. And as you start that process, he starts pulling junk out. He starts renovating your thinking. The Bible says that you, but be ye transformed by the renovation or the renewing of your mind that you may prove. This word prove, literally, it, it's translated uh, determined by experience. But at the root of this word, this word prove means to discern. That you may see and know what is that good, that acceptable, and that perfect will of God. Not wills of God, will. He's got one will for your life, and it's good, acceptable, and perfect. There's three adjectives that define it. Some people say, well, you know, you start out with the good. And then if you kind of, kind of gradually make some decisions, and then you go acceptable, and then if you're really something, then you can get into the perfect. No, 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 no. No, you're either in the will of God or you're not. And it's so important. You know, like what Joe was saying about how important it is to be in church. I'm telling you, people need a place. We need a place to come. And this whole watered down thing, I think it's down to like an hour, hour and 15 minute service. Oh, you can't have a service any longer than that. You know, where one scripture is quoted and five internet stories and are, are spoken of and, and all it's, that's nonsense. That is not going to renovate your thinking, right? You might feel good about yourself, but what happens when something happens to you that's bigger than you and there's no way out? You have to know that you never are in a position where there's no way out. All this starts with me presenting my body as a holy an acceptable sacrifice to God. That means I've got I've to present my tongue as a holy sacrifice. That means I've got to say certain things and not say other things. That means this body that is not mine, I am, I'm not to do certain things with it. I'm not ever to tear down. I'm always to build up. I'm always to encourage and edify. I'm never to use any sphere of influence or any gift that I have to tear down. I'm always to use it to bless. You and I, as children of God, have been called to be blessed and to bless. So this is a huge thing. If my body rules me, I will, be, I will not be able to move into the plan of God for my life. And the problem is, I won't know it. I'll self-deceive myself. I'll think I'm okay. You know, there's people that think it's okay that they hardly ever go to church. And they actually think it's okay. They actually think they're in the Word when they never open their Bible. They, never, they don't have any prayer life with their father. And what is it? Is, does, do they not love God? No, no. They do, buried way down in their spirit, but it's buried under so much and their tongue has become so numb that this tastes like a, a what is it? A Brussels sprout. <laughs> they don't really know this is like the greatest tasting stuff, but I've been eating junk food all the time. So I don't even know anymore. And people will think that, well, I listen to Christian music, so I'm in the Word. It's like, what? When was the last time you spent time with your father to the point 
to where you actually had a dialogue with him. I remember years ago when the Lord said to me, he goes, Tony, aren't you tired of always coming to me about you? Don't you ever want to know anything about me? Made me weep. Because I'm like, yeah, Lord. I, I didn't feel condemned. I'm like, yeah, I'm so tired of this cycle. The, the foundation of my whole prayer life is 1 John 1, 9. But because I'm not, I'm not doing certain things, because I'm not believing his word that he loves me. I'm believing that I'm worthless. So I, I never got it right. And I found out, I'm like, oh my gosh. This person that I don't want to be, I'm, 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 I've become. And then you realize when you get in the Word, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. That's not who I am. What I've been doing is not who I am. It's like you're like the prodigal son. You come to yourself. And your father's waiting for you. See, God's word, it gives you a description of God's will for your life. Your life, the, your, the purpose for you being on this earth, isn't it amazing that will be revealed to you through here? It's the only way it'll be revealed. All the aspects of knowing and following the plan of God for your life is found right in the word of God. Everything. Everything. This is why nobody else can tell you. Well, pastor, what do you think I should do? How many times do I answer that question? I feel, but I don't know what else to say. You got to be led. How do I deal with this situation? You got to be led. And, and, and guess what? The Holy Spirit's not going to tell me what you need to do. Right? I mean, I'd love to tell you that he would so that you really need me. You know, that's, that, just, that makes my flesh, which disgusts me now, feel good. No, 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 no. No, you need the Holy Spirit. And you're wired to hear his voice. So all you got to do is make a decision. I got to get unburied from all this nonsense I've been listening to. And you'll find out that his voice is very clear. And that you are a great man or a great woman of God right now. Because there's nothing halfway about the way you've been made. The person you are, everything about you, everything, God, inwardly, everything is perfect. Now all you got to do is start hearing certain things and start just as you hear and follow him, what's on the inside of you will start showing up on the outside. And all of a sudden you'll go through something you'll be like, wow. Six months ago, had I faced this, I would have been a mess. And I'm not, I should be a mess, but I'm just not a mess. And I'm filled with joy, and I'm not afraid of that. That's the way it works with God. And you just keep growing and growing and growing. A pattern is anything that is designed to serve as a model or as a guide. And here's the thing, Jesus is the pattern. Isn't that amazing that God is like, Jake, your pattern is only Jesus, right? So instantly you look at that and go, okay, well, let me settle one thing right now. Works is out the window because I can't do anything to be like Jesus, right? 
See, people are trying to do things to be like somebody when they already are, and they just need to grow up. I must find the pattern in the Word of God, and then I must be transformed into the pattern, which is Jesus, that is set before me in the Word of God. I must find the pattern. How do I find the pattern? All I got to do is meditate in the Word, and the Holy Spirit will show me the pattern. This is so important. To be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To be transformed means that you will act like the pattern. Jesus. You'll always be able to see. And if you're not acting like the pattern, guess what? The Holy Spirit won't slap you and go, come on, straighten up. you got to do this thing. No, no, he'll keep encouraging you. Just, and, and how will he encourage you? He'll keep wooing you to the word of God. He'll woo you to sin, sit in a good church where you hear the word of God under the anointing. He'll lead you to good teachers that you could sit under. And, you know, he'll lead you and guide you. Why do we bring guest ministers in here? You know, why, why do we do that? Well, because, man, these guys, you can get online and listen to them. You know, it's wonderful. Brother Hagen, many of you have never sat in one of his meetings. Guess what? He's been in heaven for 15 years, but I would encourage you to go on YouTube or get some of his stuff and just listen to it because the same anointing that was there when he spoke it is still there. No anointing left when Brother Hagen died. Every anointing of every man or woman of God is still here. Still here right now. And all that anointing has nothing to do with the man. It has everything to do with God who is in your life right now. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's go there. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 21. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.21 is a big scripture here when we're talking about a pattern. So what I'm talking about is being led by the Spirit of God. What do I mean by that? We're going we're gonna to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into the truth of the Word so that we see the pattern of Jesus in the Word and then we are transformed into the pattern as we meditate and renew our minds with the Word of God. You have no time and no room to be concerned about your life. Forget about it. Just give it all to the Lord and run. Just I, I challenge you, if you want to find life, and it's very narrow, if you find it, you got to get your eyes off yourself and off anything you think you want to do and get your eyes on, I want one thing. My determined purpose is to know him. Trust me, that will cause you to live life at a success level that's on the level of Jesus. It's the, it's the key. To find your life, you have to lose it. That's what we're talking about. And here's the thing, guys. Like what, what Joe was saying about the selfie sticks. The, 2 Timothy 3, read it. It's talking about the church. Such a lack of hunger. Such a fulfilled, just we're overflowing with selfishness. And we don't know it. Because if you're selfish in areas of your life tonight, you won't know it because you you're blind in that area. But the Holy Spirit will show you perfectly what that lie was that the enemy told you 
And he'll lead you right out of that nonsense. And what happens when you get out of it is lights come on. And you're like, wow. And remember, we're Christians, so there is therefore now no condemnation to us. We will never be condemned. I was, uh, all of my sin was condemned 2,000 years ago in the body of Jesus. I'll never be condemned. But we're talking about you and I fulfilling the plan of God for our life. It's a wonderful plan. It's a wonderful plan. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says this, For even hereunto were you called. So you were called to this, is what the word is saying. Because Jesus also suffered for us, leaving us an example. That word example in the Greek means a pattern. Jesus suffered for us, leaving us a pattern. That you, what is the... (laughs) He left us a pattern, and then right now in the Greek, it switches to the commandive tense. So this is now a command from God that you should follow his steps. You and I are commanded to walk as he walked. Okay, Father. Man, that bar's so far above anything that I am, right? Because, you know, we're obviously not big G or big J, but we're, to, we're, to, we're, we're little J. We're, we're supposed to walk like he walked. He even said, the works that I do, greater ones will you do, because I'm going to my Father. Wow. If my focus is not on the pattern of Jesus, then I will not be able to be transformed into the pattern. If my focus is not on the pattern, I can't be changed and transformed into the pattern. So this is why your enemy and my enemy, who has no power, is trying to get your eyes off the pattern. Because if he could just get your eyes off the pattern and on yourself or what's happening to you or on your circumstances or what you think is happening to you, then you will not be able to be transformed into the pattern, which means you will be conformed to the pattern of the world. There is no middle ground. Isn't that crazy? Is it as simple as I am putting the word first? Do you know, here's the thing. So somebody goes to church. They say the average Christian goes to church 1.5 times a month, which tells me they don't read their Bible probably ever. Right? Well, should they focus on, well, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to start going to church. Okay, you can do that. And you're going to fail. And you're going to be right back where you were. Right? Or you could just get in the Word. You want to minister to your fellow brothers and sisters that you run into all day, every day? Just look beyond everything they're into? Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Just read the Bible. I have several people that I'm witnessing to right now, and I just keep telling them, just get in the Word. Get in the Word. Read 1 John. Read 2 John. Because you get a sense of accomplishment. They're such short books, you know. Man, I read read three books today, right? (laughs) Read them every day. Because you keep reading them. Read the Gospel of John. Just, you know, read the Word. 
And make sure you tell them, don't do like you do other books, start in the beginning. Now, it's still full of life, but let's, let's, let's be a little smarter. Just read the word, and what will happen as you feed on God, you will hunger after him. And a byproduct will be that you'll be in church. And a byproduct of being in the word, because what will happen is you're getting in the word. And you go through this time, and I don't understand what I'm reading. Makes no sense to me. Doesn't seem like God ever talks to me. Oh, just keep reading. Just keep reading. Because he's talking to you. We just, we just got to desensitize you from the things of the world, which makes you very sensitive to the things of God. And pretty soon, after two or three months, man, you'll never put the word down. You'll be a wild man like me. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the lifestyle stuff will just start coming into place. You'll start showing up to church more. You'll start going to Bible studies. Pretty soon you'll start teaching Bible studies because God's talking to you so much through the word that you got to have an outlet. And man, when you, when you get so consumed with that, guess what? You'll start running into people that'll want to come sit with you at a Starbucks and hear and have you, have you disciple them, right? So this is the thing. Don't focus on natural things. Focus on spiritual things. The transformation part is the renewal of our mind. It's the thinking part. we got to change our thinking. Right thinking, I think I said this to the men, produces a metamorphosis in our lives that what happens is it brings a metamorphosis uh, in my life like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Who I am on the inside will show up on the outside. That's what happens when you renew your mind. And what am I talking about? Am I talking about the renewing of the mind? No, I am talking about being led by the Spirit. Because the Spirit will always lead you to find the pattern of Jesus in the Word and then look, keep looking at the pattern until it starts showing up in your life. Stop beating yourself up and start building yourself up in the Word. The Holy Spirit will never beat you. He'll always build you, right? Our true substance is what is on the inside of us. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I could see I'm not going to, boy, I got some great stuff in here. I'm not going to get to some of it, but you know what? We're going to get to enough of it tonight. 2 Corinthians 3.18. You will start to see what we're teaching on tonight is in every book. It's dripping all over the place. This is the road to healing because you'll see the pattern that Jesus is your healer and sickness is done in your life when you see that pattern. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, But we all, with open face, that means in the Greek it means an unveiled face, an unveiled face, that's telling me the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation. We all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a glass. Now that word glass is literally translated mirror. But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. When you read your Bible, what happens now is I am beholding like I'm looking at a mirror, I'm beholding the glory of the Lord. Wow, so when I look, when I look at, so if this is a mirror, 
So say this is a mirror. So when I look at it, this mirror, I see Jesus. But if you look at every other mirror, what do you see? You see you. So when you look in the word of God, this mirror shows you who you are on the inside. You want to know what your spirit looks like? You've got to look in the mirror. Because you look at a natural mirror, you'll see every line on your face. You'll see maybe I'm, I'm getting too old. I'm not enough. I'm, I don't like what I see. But oh, when you look in here, you see who you really are. So we behold who we really are when we look in the mirror. And the Bible says, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So you will see the glory of the Lord that's on the inside of you, which will encourage you to keep looking. So this tells me, now I know why people aren't in the Word. Because they haven't seen the glory of God that is on the inside of them. Because when you start to see the glory of God that's on the inside of you, when you look at the Word, you won't be able to get enough of the Word. But if you're looking to see what God can do for you, you're going to miss it. Because you're going to think, I'm the sick and i got to get healed. Or I'm in lack and I need to get prosperous. But when you, when you see the glory of God that's on the inside of you, you all, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I am the healed. I am the prosperous. I am the fearless. I am the dominating. So now, Satan, you're done in my life. And you'll run to the word of God. You can't get enough of it. I mean, all of us are just going to be like, okay, Jesus, man, I just, I, I just, can I, can I, please, for eternity, can I dust your throne? If, there, if there's no dust, it's okay. I don't care. There will be dust in heaven, right? Because he makes all things new. So when you ever buy a new car, you notice there's no dust in it. So, but I'll still dust it. So I'll just be like, wow. Right? That's the way it is with the word. Because... He is love. He never considers himself. So when you look at him, he shows you who you are in him. Oh, we think, I'm just this, I'm just this guy who has all this junk in my life. Oh man, if you'll look at who you really are, all of a sudden, you'll go, wait a minute. The way I'm living is not the way I am. And the Holy Spirit will be like, yeah, and just take my hand and I'll walk you out of all of that. So that on the outside, you'll see what you see when you look in the word because it's going to all be the same thing. Right? When I bring my body, including my senses, as a living sacrifice, when I use my mind to meditate on the pattern Jesus, then who I am, my Christ-likeness, comes out of the inside and shows up on the outside. And what do I mean by that? Now my words have weight. And when I hear the word of God in my heart, I speak it. 
Father, I thank you for the victory. Satan, you are bound. Sickness, leave my body. And see, everything has to come in line. Your angels are all excited because now they get to go do something. Because I'm serious, because they're hearkening into the voice of the word of God. It says here, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. This is translated changed here. In Romans 12, 2, it's translated, that same Greek word metamorpho is translated transformed, right? In Matthew 17, 2, on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Greek word metamorpho is translated transfigured. It's the same word. It's only used three times in the New Testament. So what does it mean? As I look in the word of God, I see the glory of God that's coming out of who I am in him on the inside, and now I'm changed into that same image from glory to glory. How? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That is the Holy Spirit's will for your life, is that you be fashioned into the image of Jesus. How do I do that? I literally peer into the word, and I'm following the leading of the Lord. And as I peer into the, the word, what's on the inside is showing up on the outside. It shows up in what I say and what I do and all this stuff. And from glory to glory, to go from somebody who's bound with an addiction to free. Then you go into another freedom and you keep getting more and more free. What is it? Because I've already been made free. Now it's going to all show up on the outside. That's what we're talking about right here. Oh, yeah. When I use my mind and meditate on the pattern, I'm changed. What's on the inside shows up on the outside. See, this is the beginning this is the beginning place of knowing God's will for your life. And then it only gets better. From glory to glory, glory. John said, we beheld his glory. See, isn't that cool that John got to live with Jesus? He, he walked with him for three years on the earth and then for a short season in the book of Revelation, he got to see it again. You and I, we get to see it every day of our life. I could tell you this, if you talk to John, he'll go, oh man, those three years were awesome. But they weren't as awesome as the next 60 that I walked with him and I peered into the word of God and I got to really know him. couldn't tell the difference of when he, to be honest with you, John would probably say it was, he was more real when I was 50. He was more real when I was 60. Oh, when I turned and saw him on the island of Patmos, when I was an older man, man, I knew him. What is Bible knowing? Bible knowing is to experience the will of God for your life. Bible knowing is you and I experiencing the Word of God. Experiencing the Word of God. Experiencing the will of God. I'm saying the same thing. Why am I experiencing it? Because Bible knowing, it's, I'm experiencing it because it's working inside of me and manifesting out of me. 
I don't know Bible, Bible knowing. I got to have it working on the inside of me and manifesting on the outside. When it's working on the inside, it will manifest on the outside. If it's not manifesting on the outside, it's not working on the inside because you're looking not at the word of God. You're looking at everything else. And this is why the enemy will continue, continue to try to point you over and over and over again to look at circumstances. To look at circumstances. So I want to encourage you tonight. It's so very important. Look at the pattern. Make a decision. I am going to sit down with my schedule and at all cost. I am going to put God first. The Holy Spirit is the greatest time manager on the planet. He will not hurt you. He will not cause so you don't have as much time. When you don't follow the Lord, if you would just take a fourth of all the time that you're wasting, thinking about yourself thinking about what's, what you're not happy with in your life and, and, and all the busyness and all the nonsense, all the TV and all that stuff, if you just take a little bit of that, I don't care if you're working 80 hours a week. If you don't have time for God, your life is upside down. But if you'll sit down and go, okay, Lord, help me. The Holy Spirit, if you choose I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm getting out of the boat. I got a lot going on, but whatever you tell me to do, I will do. Man, he could set up a plan where you spend 13 minutes a day with him and it'll rocket your life completely in a great place. He could do more in 13 minutes. He could do more in three minutes because see, you could get in the word for an hour and a half with your heart not in the right place, with you at the center of your life, and it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. But oh, the minute you start putting him first. And, and you see, here's the cool thing. You don't even have to know what that means. God, I'm putting you first in my life. I've never done it. I have no idea what I'm even saying right now, but I know that you will help me do it. And here's the deal. I might not know anything. I might not know how to do it. I don't know how to lay hold of my healing. I don't know any of this stuff, but I'm willing and I'm obedient. So you just, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. You tell me to eat Brussels sprouts, I'll eat them. Right? Now that's if God tells me. No, I'm just... <laughs> it's, it's rest, guys. You just got to look. Because you're already, he already made you. He already, he, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm telling you, as you look at Jesus, you're changed into that pattern from glory to glory. Amen? Well, I believe we'll talk more about this. Amen. I sure love you guys. You're so hungry for the things of God. Hallelujah. Don't ever do this to God. No, if you do this to God, he's right there. Just, just, you know where it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock? Do you know that's not, a, that's not for unbelievers, that's to Christians. He's standing at the door of so many believers' hearts and just knocking, going, man, come on, invite me in. Stop saying no. 
don't hang on to this hurt because it's not even real. Right? Amen.